This is the mop-up for April 4th, 2023. As Donald Trump's motorcade heads to the airport, Palm Beach residents line the streets, hoping this is the last time they ever see him again. More bad news today for Donald Trump when, before takeoff, he was informed the jet would be landing at New York City's LaGuardia because his pilot couldn't gain clearance from air traffic controllers working Moscow International Airport. Vladimir Putin didn't come through. Not a friend. Not a friend. Whenever he travels, Donald Trump requires 10 full-size Chevy Suburbans to get to the airport. One for him and nine for his tan. Nine Chevy Suburbans just to carry his tan to load it onto the plane. He's such a... Meanwhile, Trump's attorney is asking that no television cameras be allowed when Donald is arraigned, insisting television cameras would make it especially difficult for his client to lie about what really took place in the courtroom. When asked by the judge if Trump was a flight risk, Trump's attorney said, well, those Big Mac belches of his really stink up the cabin. So, yeah, I'd say he's a flight risk. Appearing on Newsmax today, Don Jr.'s fiancée, Kimberly Gargoyle, criticized the Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg, for focusing on Trump when New York City, she said, has turned into, quote, a zombie apocalypse. Then Kimberly excused herself to go feed Snow White a poison apple. It's a zombie apocalypse according to Kimberly Gargoyle, New York City. In a rare show of solidarity with the former president, Staten Island garbage declared a three-day strike. Trump spent most of Monday night with his pants down around his ankles as aides prepared him for tomorrow's cavity search. During the arraignment, instead of a mugshot, police will just grab one of the many Xeroxed photos of Trump pasted behind every pizzeria cash register in New York City with the words, do not accept any checks from this person. Marjorie Taylor Greene says she wants to come to New York City on Tuesday to protest Trump's arrest and then visit a Jewish space laser factory. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I'm David Feldman, and this is the mop up. Donald Trump arrived in Manhattan and is spending tonight at Trump Tower. Tomorrow he is scheduled to be arraigned. Whoa, he's scheduled to be arraigned uh, tomorrow. I'm getting feedback. 6.6 million people watched Marjorie Taylor Greene last night on 60 Minutes. I wasn't one of them. AOC hints she may be running for Senate. NASA names a woman and an African-American to fly on their new mission to the moon. And the latest polling shows Donald Trump will have no problem getting the Republican nomination. For more on all this, let's go to Los Angeles, where Howie Klein is standing by. He is the founder and treasurer of the Blue America PAC, which raises money for progressive candidates around America. And he also writes down with tyranny. Hello, Howie. Hi, David. Uh, I'm having a little. You can hear me, right? 
I hear you great. Yes. Okay, good. Little usual technical problems. So these are some of the talking points that we're going to try to get to today. Trump's stay in court. You're going to tell us about a hero from the American Revolution named Deborah Sampson. If, if you have time, <laughs> this this is what heroin, a heroin. And this is something that Ron DeSantis, I'm sure, doesn't want taught in our public schools. Wisconsin may end a 10 year Republican plague tomorrow when they elect a Democrat to their Supreme Court. And the Manchin checks versus Joe Manchin. Is he still a Democrat? Let's start off with Donald Trump's day in court. Everybody's opining. We all this is a tired story. So the question I want yeah. I wanted to ask you, is he a danger? Is he as dangerous or more dangerous than we think he is? <laughs> I, I would, uh, you know, I don't who knows, but my guess is that he is very, very dangerous in terms of if he's as dangerous as we think he is. It depends how we think, <laughs> but I, I think he is very dangerous and I think it would be uh really awful if he becomes the, uh, and he, we, as you mentioned a few minutes ago, he will definitely be the Republican. Well, nothing's definite, but, but it's very likely that he'll be the Republican nominee. Even if indictments come down from Georgia and I would assume the justice department, Jack Smith has to indict him before the 2020, 2024 election, doesn't he? He can't drag this on. Right. So that's right. How assuming he let's play this out. He's. Indicted, he's on trial, he gets a bump in the polls, he beats DeSantis, he gets the nomination. You write over it down with tyranny that all the polls show he cannot win the general election, that he can get the Republican nomination, but there's no pathway to the presidency? Well, if if I said there was no pathway, I need to apologize for that, because, of course, there's a pathway, uh, especially when you consider how unpopular Biden is and how old he is and how unpopular and really, really hated uh, Kamala. I shouldn't say hated, but not liked Kamala Harris is. So, yeah, there is a pathway. I mean, it would be dangerous for Trump to get the nomination because there's always a chance he can win. And you don't know what's going to happen in the world that's going to change things. Um, and so it's, it, it would be really uh, pretty terrible if he gets the nomination. But on the other hand, if he doesn't get the nomination at this point, who would get it? It would be Ron DeSantis. And that's just as bad. And I, and I literally mean just as bad. I, I, I don't think DeSantis is, is less or worse bad than Trump. He's horrible. So at this point, I think that DeSantis is having second thoughts about running. So the best thing that could happen would be for uh, DeSantis to decide not to run. Uh, of course, there is no normal. I was going to say, if, if, imagine if some normal Republican ran, but there, who? Who's Asa, a normal Republican? Asa Hutchinson. Just tell me, David. Asa Hutchinson. Republican. Asa Hutchinson. Yeah, sure. <laughs> what is he yeah, thinking? Yeah, real normal. What does he think? Real normal. He's thinking how to get his son out of jail. Asa Hutchinson has a son in jail? Hutchinson's son was arrested 
Well, I mean, the first, the first part of this isn't that big of a deal. So he was arrested for driving 71 miles per hour per hour in a 45-mile residential area. It's, you know, who hasn't done that? Right. Many of us haven't, but it's not that terrible. But when they pulled him over, A, he was drunk. B, they found cocaine in his... Uh, he in had, his wasn't um, Asa Hutchinson the... Wasn't he the C, head of... he had a Glock. Had what? A Glock. Wasn't he the head of the DEA, Asa Hutchinson? No. Or his brother? No, no. You know, Asa Hutchinson was the... Um, governor of Arkansas. The governor of Arkansas. Yeah. I thought before that he was the DEA chief under Clinton. Oh, I'm not sure which Clinton. was. Or maybe it was the brother. No, no. Not under Clinton. Okay. I thought I met him uh, during the Clinton administration when the DEA... Really? I, I, when they arrested me for smuggling drugs into the country from Ecuador, <laughs> I, I thought it was Asa Hutchinson who was giving me the cavity search. So he's got a, a, a problematic son, but is he isn't he more middle to the road than than DeSantis? Um, well, I mean. The, the the word middle of the road does, I don't even know what that means anymore in, in the context of these people. Uh, you know, it, it, it's hard to say what middle of the road is. Asia Asia Asa whatever his name is Hutchinson is a very 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 conservative Republican from Arkansas. He's and he before he was in Congress and he was very very conservative then too. Is he a Nazi? I don't think so. He's very, very, very conservative, but I don't know that he's a Nazi. Is is, is uh, DeSantis a Nazi? Yeah, I would say. And Trump is. The question I always ask, I think I've asked this of you three times in the past seven years. If Trump goes away, does the fascist fever subside? No, I don't think so. It doesn't go away. I, I, Again, who knows? But my guess is that this has been this is the new Republican Party. This is what they are now. And there's a thirst for authoritarianism. Who can embody it better than Trump? You've got DeSantis. I don't think he can win nationwide, as you just said. So if they don't have a big clown to put in front of McDonald's, who's going to buy these burgers? <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Well, let's talk about Wisconsin, because they're having very a, important, very important. They have a Democrat, although it's non it's you're not supposed to know that she's a Democrat who, who she has an unpronounceable name. She's running for Supreme Court. And if she wins on Tuesday, how does this change things in Wisconsin? So and, and it looks like it looks pretty good that she she will win for several reasons. But how does it change things? The uh, it, it will make the majority of the Supreme Court of uh, Wisconsin uh, lean lean liberal and sane. And the other guy isn't just a conservative; he's a psycho, a real far right MAGA nut. And there are very very important issues that will come up. In, in the Supreme Court. One of them has to do with gerrymandering, urgent. One of them has to do with um, uh, abortion, urgent, two extremely urgent things, as well as all the other stuff that the uh, Supreme Court deals with on a state level. So there is an election. It's tomorrow. Uh, and uh, it, it looks good for the Democrat. 
you know, they have a, um, it's, it's supposedly a nonpartisan race. And they had an open jungle primary a couple of months ago. And the Democrat, Janet P., uh, came out, came in first. Now, there were two Democrats. And the two Democrats uh, had more votes than the two Republicans. So, you know, just judging by that, it looks good. Now, it doesn't mean that it's in the bag. It certainly isn't. One reason that uh, for that is because this is the most expensive judicial race in the history of the United States. More money was spent on this particular uh, race than any other judicial race anywhere in the country. So more than anything that's ever happened in California or Texas or New York or anywhere. So it's it's pretty uh, incredible. Well, Wisconsin um, used to be a hotbed of liberalism. Then Scott Walker it was, became it was back and forth. But didn't Scott? Right? I mean, you know, we had we had Joseph McCarthy there. Right. We right. had uh, Gaylord Nelson there. We, we, you know, the state is the state swings back and forth like pretty violently. Right. Right. It was Scott Walker in 2010 who threw out the public unions, and uh, is, I guess Wisconsin became a right to work state. And yes, and that'll will be something that comes up as well, I guess. Right. Uh, you know, a lot of, if, if you know, remember, there is a, a, a Democratic um, governor. Uh, the problem with Wisconsin is because the gerrymandering right. is so egregious, more than in almost any other state, that the state is cut up in such a way that it guarantees Republicans will dominate the legislature. So hopefully uh, the new Supreme Court with it, will be able to ungerrymander the state. That's that's the hope. Right now, the way it stands, Democrats would have to win the popular vote in double digits in Wisconsin for them to win back the the state, the state house. How can that be legal? Uh, So. Right. You would think it wouldn't be, but it is. So that's Uh, that's why you need why you need a, a better Supreme Court, because the Supreme Court just is was very, very, very partisan. Very, very, very partisan. And this guy who's running was on the Supreme Court already for a short time. And um, he wants to get back on. And, and he is there's no one more partisan than him. Right. So I can't pronounce the name of the woman, but we hope she wins tomorrow. And also Chicago picks a new mayor. How is that? Yeah, going? There are quite a few. Well, but yes, Chicago uh, picking a new mayor is very important, too. Again, well, uh, I mean, in theory, it's two Democrats. But in reality, it's uh, one Democrat uh, running against a make-believe Democrat. And, you know, it's not that hidden because all these Republicans, uh, like Betsy DeVos and all the Republican billionaires, are all helping the the fake Democrat. Right. Uh, including the, the former Republican governor uh, gubernatorial nominee in the last election. I mean, so it, it, it I mean, you have to be pretty deaf, dumb and blind not to know that it's one Democrat running against a, a Republican. Paul Vallis being the Republican. Right. Brandon. Brandon is the uh, is the is the real Democrat. And he's a very, very progressive Democrat at that. Well, you wrote endorsed by, I'm sorry, by Bernie and with Warren endorsed, you know, every every uh, progressive who endorsed in this campaign endorsed Brandon. Right. Are there any other elections? Blue America. Any other anything else we should be paying attention to on Tuesday? Yeah, there are elections all over the country. I, uh, I, now, correct me if I'm wrong. Is I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think maybe the Philly mayor election is 
is also tomorrow. Okay. This is an off um, year. Not, I, it's Virginia and New Jersey. These are big election years for Virginia and New Jersey, right? Don't they do off-year elections? They do, uh, they do the state legislatures, yes. Right. Okay. Let's talk about drag queens who are under assault. Before you give us a lesson in history and teach us about Deborah Sampson, and every school in America should be teaching our kids who Deborah Sampson is, the attacks on the drag queens specifically are, are getting worse. Why? Because the Republicans have nothing else to offer, right? You know, it's a good question about why. And I've been trying to get to the bottom of why, uh, you know, authoritarian oriented men and uh, seem so uh, uptight about drag queens. What, what is it about drag queens that gets them going so much? And I, I don't get it. I, I literally do, do not understand it. No one is asking them to be a drag queen. Uh, you know, men have been dressing up in women's clothing. Women have been dressing up in men's clothing since uh, the days of the pharaohs. It goes way, way, way back all through history. You know, it, it really didn't become a, a, great, a great big taboo until the Middle Ages when the... Uh, if church went crazy over it, but, but it's still, it's still a question of why do some people get so uptight over it? Uh, you know, you probably read that post that I put up about this kid, uh, <laughs> a male named Eileen or something, or some, I don't know how you pronounce his name, but that could be a part of the, part of the reason why he was so uptight. This guy named Eileen in Ohio threw a couple of Molotov cocktails in a church that was going to be, wasn't at the moment, but was going to be, sponsoring a, uh, a drag queen show or an event where there was some drag going on or something. And he, he, and he got caught and arrested and he's now facing 10 years in jail, a 20 year old guy. Why was he so uptight about the fact that a church was sponsoring some drag, especially when you realize that there is not a, uh, a definite, um, not in the words in confluence, but just because someone is a drag queen doesn't mean necessarily that there's some uh, sexual uh, sexualization that's inv that's involved with it. There, there can be there. There are def and I have known there are definitely men who are not even gay who just like to dress up like women. Now, you, you keep mentioning this woman uh, from revolutionary times, uh, Deborah Sampson. She 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 was a woman who wanted to fight in the Revolutionary War, and she enlisted as a man. She disguised herself as a man. It, it lasted for over a year and a half. And then finally she was wounded for the third time and wound up, um, uh, you know, she, she, was, she was exposed as a woman, and, and they were so proud of her. She had done so well. She had even gotten a promotion. She was a corporal that they, uh, they gave her a dishonorable discharge. But it, it had nothing They gave to her a dishonorable that. discharge? No, 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 of course not. They gave her an honorable an discharge, honorable not discharge. Right, I see. Honorable discharge. Right. I misspoke. So we had cross-dressers in the Continental Army. and You know, we had one. I, I'm sure there were others. Well, I, I don't think... In fact, she had, she had earlier tried to enlist, and, and it came out... It was, she was exposed when she tried to enlist the first time. And uh, no one cared much, but the army said, no, uh, ma'am, we can't take women in the army. So no. So they, they let her go. Uh, but then the Baptist, her local Baptist church that she had been a member of got so uh, you know, upset about it that they kicked her out of the church. Right. Uh, and then she, 
went in and um, re-enlisted uh, again as a man. And, and, and like, like I said, she got in, she fought in battles, uh, she did well, and, uh, and she, went, she went from being a private to a corporal. So the, the hatred for the drag queens and the transgender youth, I think it, it stems from the Republican Party. And you tell me if I'm wrong here, that the Republican Party is out of ideas. They're, they're offering nothing. They can run on nothing. So they have to isolate marginalized groups of people to demonize uh, Reagan as bad as Reagan was. And he was. He ran a racist campaign in 1980, but he had ideas. They weren't good ideas, but he had ideas that hadn't been proven wrong yet. Republicans, they can't run on their ideas. Are there any ideas that the Republicans have other than hatred? Well, yes, of course there are, there are but they don't all agree on all of the ideas. And mostly they're, they're really, they're running more on power than on anything else. They're running to, to get and exercise power. Uh, and, and their ideas, you know, I don't know, what are they? I'm sorry? The party is very, very screwed up now, uh, and Trump has made it much worse because he, you know, what does he stand for other than power and, uh, and, and himself and his own crazy ego trip? Right. Um, so, you know, he, he's hurting them more than anybody because one of the ideas that they have had had to do with getting rid of uh, – this has been part of the Republican Party since the 30s, basically. He's been trying, they've been trying to get rid of Social Security and then later Medicare. And, uh, and Trump has made that impossible for them to even talk about now because he's smart enough to know that that's a, a political loser. And it's not right. that hard to figure out it's a political loser, but it, it certainly is a political loser. And Trump wants nothing to do with it. And he's demonizing the Republicans who want to do that, which, which is basically his whole party. Right. I mean, he sees it as a way to get at uh, DeSantis because DeSantis has a record of having voted to, um, you know, to raise the um, retirement age and to, uh, you know, start the uh, the gentle uh, uh, dis, um, dismantling of, of Social Security and Medicare. So in his mania to get at um, DeSantis, uh, Trump is 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 getting at over 100 members of Congress who voted the same way that DeSantis did. Right, right. Which is great. So I want to talk about Joe Manchin and the Manchin tax in Los Angeles. I find that fascinating. But I don't know if you saw Marjorie <laughs> Trader Green, as you Trader. call it. Did you watch her on 60 Minutes? Can I tell you what I... No. I, I, I watched it. And this is what... Did? Yeah, I did. And... This, I, I, I thought I heard you say that you did, that you were not one of the people that watched it. I did. I, uh, I, I how could I not? So this is what anyway, I did. <laughs> this is what struck me. There was a time when Ronald Reagan was as big a joke as Marjorie Taylor Greene. Ronald Reagan was pretty stupid and a liar and never had a good memory and could only work off little uh, index cards. He was an actor, a good one, you know, not great, but he was good. He was good. He was OK, uh, you know, and he was much. Anyway, I watched Marjorie Taylor Greene last night on 60 Minutes, and I thought back to watching Reagan on 60 Minutes with my father, and we were laughing at him. And I thought, 
she's there's there's no stopping this cow. Is there? That's why I was so upset with uh, that that uh, TV show putting her on. Yeah, I, you know, I was, what I was hoping was that they were putting her on so that they could destroy her. But that's certainly not what happened. No, no. <laughs> they, I mean, they, you know, obviously there were a couple of like, you know, facial uh, uh, gestures from Leslie Stahl that I saw on, on YouTube. But generally speaking, she just let her get away with all the lies. Exactly. And people say to me, why are you, shouldn't she, shouldn't she be on 60 Minutes? I go, yes, but not unchallenged. You, you don't give exactly. a platform to, to you don't let her get in front of seven million people and and lie about her record and uh, not they, they made they normalized her they normal that, that that really is okay in our limited time with Howie Klein he's the founder and treasurer of the Blue America Pack and read him every day over at Down with Tyranny talk to me about Joe Manchin who has expressed concern about Alvin Bragg's indictment of Donald Trump. He's worried that he's <clears throat> politicized. Joe Manchin is up for re-election. Joe Manchin. I'm sorry. Right. That's that's the, I don't. That's the point. I don't think he's really concerned about any of this stuff. He's concerned about his own re-election. And what he's worried about is that if um, if, if he doesn't seem like he's like attacking the Democrats and attacking Biden, uh, he 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 won't win. And, and he's probably right about that. You know, I, I hope he loses, but um, he's correct that he will have no chance if, if he is, is perceived by the voters there as being just another Democrat. Democrats don't win in that state. I mean, that was the uh, the second worst state in the country in the 20. I mean, and when I say worst, I mean, in, uh, uh, you know. Hello? Oh, Trump. Yeah, are you yeah, there? Do you not hear me? Yeah, I think you're getting I'm another. Here. Do you not yeah, I'm ignoring it. Oh, OK, somebody's calling it. OK, so how does this work? Joe Biden passed. He does have a legislative record that he can run on. People like me who are on the left think it's way inadequate, partly because of Joe Manchin. Were a lot of these bills passed because Joe Biden made a secret handshake deal with Joe Manchin that the Democratic Party won't challenge Joe in in the in the primaries next year, they won't run anybody against him. So that's how it works, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I do I know the, the answer to that? I mean, I can guess that that could be part of the secret handshake, but I, but I, I don't know. I, I, who knows for sure? Is there anybody um, we like who's going to be challenging him? Uh, challenging Joe Biden? I, no, I, Joe, I, Joe, I, Manchin, so, Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin. Challenging Joe Manchin. Oh, sorry. Uh, let's see. Who will challenge Joe Manchin? No, I, I don't think so. I mean, even if someone does, it's it's not effective. I mean, you know, last time we had a really good progressive challenge him and uh, he got 70 percent of the vote. The, um, what happened he, he in the general, he did he did so poorly. Uh, he almost lost. It was very, very, very close. And it was the only right. close election he's ever had. And the reason for that was because so many uh, Democrats who, who voted against him in, in the um in the primary realized how awful he is and they, and they didn't, uh, they didn't vote for him in, in the general. So he, he nearly lost that time. So I, I, I really don't see how he can win this time. I, I especially if Jim justice, a, a popular governor, uh, runs, I, I, I think that that's, what's going to happen. I, I think that, um, 
that Jim Justice will run, and I think if Manchin runs as well, which is he hasn't said he would, but if he does, he's going to um, he's going to lose to Jim uh, to Jim Justice. Wasn't the Justice thing, wasn't Justice a Democrat at one time? Yeah, he was. He he was elected governor as a Democrat, and then uh, Trump talked him into switching parties. Mm. Trump was very excited about that. Right. <laughs> I, I, uh, but but I mean he. He's another multimillionaire. He was just a very, very rich guy. And parties and what parties stand for don't really mean anything to him. It's just a matter of, uh, you know, what's convenient at the moment. That's that's all it is for these kind of people. Okay. And no chance that Joe Manchin. I'm sorry? Are you going to say there's no chance that Joe Manchin is going to run for president? Yes, there is a chance. He talks about it. I mean, it would be a way for him to go out of his uh, Senate seat with some kind of honor. Like, I'm not running for Senate because I'm going to run for president instead, even though he knows he has no chance. But that could happen. If Biden will, if uh, Biden pulled a Woodrow Wilson uh, in the next couple of months, Joe Manchin may not. I, I, I want him to go to prison for his daughter's price fixing. But I could see somebody like Schumer and the Democratic leadership thinking Joe Manchin could be Trump. Right. Um, I, I think Manchin. Yeah, I guess. I mean, sure, they could think that. Yeah. Let's talk but, about the you before know, you. Uh, let's go from Manchin to Manchin. The Manchin tax in Los Angeles. A lot of people are unloading their 40, 50 million dollar estates to get in under the wire. What is the Manchin? Yeah, that's right. What's for going every, on for every person, for every person who's unloading a 40, 50 million dollar estate, there's another person who's buying a 40, 50 million dollar estate. So the, the, the mansion, uh, mansion tax started on April 1st. It, it kicked in. It was voted on by the, um, uh, you know, the people of Los Angeles. So it's, it's Los An- the city of Los Angeles, not L.A. County and not California, the state. And basically, if you if you if you have a, if you sell a home for more than $5,000, you pay a 5% tax. 5,000 or 5 million? 5 million. Did I say 5,000? Thought you were talking about my house. In LA, a $5,000 house in LA would be basically a tenth. So if if your house sells for more than 5 million, you you pay a 5% tax. If it sells for more than 10 million, you pay a a 5.5% tax. And that money goes for uh, affordable housing and for specifically also for the unhoused. So uh, a lot of people don't want to pay it. And, uh, you know, they have all sorts of things that they're thinking about. And among rich people, they all started talking about it and they, and they all got crazy. So there, so a lot of, there was like a kind of a herd mentality. I don't think it's really that many people. And you've got to remember some of these very, very wealthy enclaves in LA County aren't in the city of L.A. Like people often don't realize, for example, Beverly Hills is surrounded by L.A., the city of L.A., but it's not, it's its own thing. So is Santa Monica. So is West Hollywood. So there are, so these people, it, it doesn't affect these people. Right. You know, it, it was, a, it was a great story. I, I wrote about it. It got a lot of coverage. It's got, you know, there's a lot of names of people uh, who are famous and well-known who, who you can, you know, the media has, is able to uh, talk about. I learned a lot about um, Marky Mark. What, what they I, I, me now? too, Marky. I, couldn't, I, I looked at that house. I don't know where I saw it. 
I said, that, that's a city. He owns it. It's unbelievable how much money. He, that he was a, he's a former criminal? Yes, he knocked a guy, a guy lost an eye. He's trying to get it expunged from his record. Yeah. Right, but he, he, was, very, he was really terrible. He was, he's, he was, you know, very, 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 very racist and violent. And, uh, and then he became a, um, you know, his brother. He, he was in that, in that New Kids on the Block for two minutes. The and funky he left the band. Well, he was in, he was, no, he was in New Kids on the Block. Uh, but only for a short time. And then the brother stayed in the band and then the brother d- did so well that he then started his own uh, singing career and then became, became much more famous as first as an under, underwear model and then as, a, uh, as an actor. But he's worth uh, something like half a billion dollars or, or more. I can't remember. I wrote it in my story, but it, it's in that range. And, uh, you know, he's crying that his, uh, you know, he, he, that the tax is going to hurt him when he sells his, uh, his gigantically expensive house. A man of the people, Mr. Yeah. Mr. Marky Mark. Before you go, speaking of music, Seymour Stein, the founder of Sire Records, died at the age of 90. When I was reading, no, no, not ninety. Eighty. I'm sorry. uh, Eighty. No one knows sure how old he was, but uh, but according to the the best guesses, he would have been eighty-one next month. Okay. So uh, so about eighty-one. And Seymour was a very very important figure in my life. He he uh, um, he hired me to come and and run his label, uh, Sire, and really got me started in in, uh, towards the road to. uh, to fame and fortune, uh, and, and we, well, we had a very sort of mixed um, um, kind of relationship, and, and we haven't been close for the last few years. But he was a really important person to me. I, I, I actually had a lot of uh, negative feelings about him in the last few years, and when someone called yesterday to tell me that he had passed away, it was in, it was an incredible feeling that I had of like all of the negativity literally just left my body wow. uh, and just went up. Off of smoke. It was it was a great feeling, really, really good feeling. I don't have any negative feelings about him at all anymore, like none. So maybe he should have died earlier. <laughs> uh, in reading his obituary, he was quite a remarkable savant. He'd gone into Billboard Records and said he wanted a copy when he was a kid. He said, "I'd like to handwrite the top, the Billboard charts, the top one hundred every week going back to my birth and they would let him come in and he would just write down the names of all the hits. So he had a, a photographic memory, not just for lyrics, but for the charts. He, he knew every song and how it did uh, in the charts. Yes, he, he was a savant about that. Absolutely. And he's known for that. Is that did that help him with the success or was that just OCD or yeah, both? OCD. Does that help, he, though, in the uh, record business? Not not really. He, um, he's going to we I have um, stories uh, that I'm running on him. I, I, I'm saving my stories for my memoir. Mm-hmm. I've written some already and I have more to write and I'll, I'll put them out in, as part of my book. But in the meanwhile, some of the people that we work with at Sire, I have them writing their remembrances of, of Seymour. I have one coming out tonight, late, and I have another one that's already uh, finished up for tomorrow. So, you know, I, I, I didn't want to leave it unremarked. 
and I want people to understand why Seymour was so important in the music business. Um, you know, aside from the guy who signed the Ramones and signed Madonna and signed the Talking Heads and signed the Pretenders, he, uh, you know, he's a, he was a very, very, very interesting character and really, really, really crucial in my life, cool. although not in my political life. Right. Yeah, well, he was right wing. He wasn't. He wasn't into politics. No, he, he wasn't right wing. He he was he, he was very much like Trump. In fact, they knew each other, and he didn't have any strong political feelings one way or the other. If anything, you know, if he would have been forced to say how he felt about stuff, kind of you know, probably kind of a liberal. His father was a was a liberalish judge, um, and he comes from a you know a liberal family in New York City. But he, but he didn't have strong feelings about politics. Right. It wasn't his thing. It was about him. It was all about him. Okay. Not about politics. Before you go, I should tell. I, go, go ahead. Have to go. You yes. Keep, you keep saying before you go. <laughs> uh, go, go. Your, your list twice to you. They hear that. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Thank Howie Klein from Down with Tyranny. Thank you, Howie. Take care. Bye. Bye. That is Howie Klein from Down with Tyranny. We have a lot of new listeners, so many of you don't know that. Before Howie became the founder and treasurer of the Blue America PAC, which raises money for progressive candidates, he ran Reprise Records, Sire Records, Warner Records. He was a concert promoter. Uh, that was a, a previous life. And he got very interested in politics and threw himself into Democratic politics and left the record industry. But he knows everybody I listened to, who I still listen to. But he knew The Clash, promoted The Clash, and, and the Ramones, and Stevie Nicks uh, dedicated Landslide to him at a concert in Boston. Uh, what more does anybody need in life than uh, Stevie Nicks dedicating a song? And he knows Chrissy Hine, too. I'm sorry, my mind is wandering. That's it. This is uh, the David Feldman Show. Do me a favor. The only reason you're watching this right now or listening to this is because somebody copied and pasted, somebody copied and pasted the link to an episode of mine and either shared it via email or through social media. This is a grassroots podcast. Nobody's promoting us here. So if you want to help, please share this episode, there's important stuff in here that people need to need to know. Please like this episode. Please subscribe to my channel. Office hours is every Friday night. I make myself available to all the listeners from eight o'clock till about 930 p.m. And we have special guests. And if you'd like to attend office hours, go to my website. And while you're over there, sign up for my newsletter. I'm David Feldman reminding you to stay strong and protect the weak. And thank you to the mods. Thank you to all the mods.